Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Well, let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. What does an ideal training partner look like? We're going to discuss one possibility in today's story. And then, have you ever tried to get away with something you knew you shouldn't do? (laughs) I've never been a fan of doing that, but we'll talk about it today. And joining me once again is Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis. I'm pretty sure that was my whole childhood, Dean. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's... well, you know, when, when you're a kid, it's one thing. When you're an adult, it's a whole other can of worms. So you mentioned uh, what is the ideal training partner. And yeah. I, I kind of snickered during your prayer right before we started here. You said you were talking about these two old broken down guys. And yeah. I, I don't know who you were talking about, but <laughs> I'm not broken down, Dean. At least not yet. Uh, so we had some sad news yesterday. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. Kelvin Kipton. Is that how you say his name? Kiptum. Kiptum. Yeah, um, died in a car crash. The, gotcha. Yeah, the guy, he is his time, his world record time is two hours thirty five seconds. Yep, in the marathon, he was the guy that I was hoping was going to break that two hour barrier. But uh, why did the good ones die in car crashes? Gosh, it was a car crash, and was it um, Prefontaine died in a car crash? But yeah, where was but, he at? He was in kipton was in he was in in kenya. kenya he was actually traveling between eldoret and yeah Captagat, which are two big, elevation big training yeah. meccas um in in kenya so yeah. yeah him and his coach and his coach so, yeah uh, there was another lady in the car too that mm-hmm. survived up right. so far yeah um and hopefully she will but yeah, yeah sad yeah. running news it is sad running news for today well hey. i tried something new yeah. This week. What's that? Um, I tried back-to-back long runs on back-to-back days. Never done I, that before. Really? You know, I've got the the 100-miler yeah. I'm training for, and yeah. so I thought I'm going to – I did a 20-miler on Friday and a 16-miler on Saturday. How'd you hold up? I was amazed. It yeah. wasn't that bad at really? all. Yes. I ran the 16-miler faster than the 20-miler. Really? Pace-wise. And um, and then yesterday, yesterday was Sunday. Yeah. I went out yesterday and for a run. And I thought, oh, this, I am gonna. It's gonna be terrible. Wasn't that bad? Really? My body's really starting to. Adapt so you're not to this that broken down stuff. yet, Dean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor, uh, my good friend Hunter over at Trinity Disposal. They are the go-to disposal company for North Georgia and surrounding counties. Trinity offers. Weekly residential trash collection and commercial front-end load dumpsters. Trinity is very detail-oriented and has an excellent customer service reputation. If you're interested in top-of-the-line disposal company in the North Georgia area, give Trinity Disposal a call today. Um, Again, we just can't say how thankful we are for our sponsors, uh, for Hunter and his whole team. Um, We just simply can't do what we do without them. Man, so appreciative. Our Facebook post from yesterday comes from Lauren Eldreth Blevins. I like these short posts Mm -hmm. that say a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, week two, day one. Today was definitely a Monday, but I did get my workout in. Currently doing the Couch to Marathon plan. I did a 5K this summer and was hooked. I never would have thought that I could be a runner in my adult post-children life. But God can do the impossible and make all things new. You know, this says a lot in these few lines. Um, And, you know, the thing about this is it's interesting. She's surprised, right? You know, I think a lot of people would enjoy running if they would allow themselves Mm -hmm. to enjoy running. But running's hard when you first start. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to get to that point where you enjoy it. But if you'll ever go through the 12 weeks or so it takes to get to that point where you can enjoy it, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, And it's always cool to see somebody who comes to that realization yeah, I think, you know, like Laura did, I think most people's biggest problem, I think a lot of people have the desire to start running. They just start it wrong. That's true. Um, they, do, they do the twos. They do the too much, too fast, too soon. And if you, you know, that's I think that's why we have such great success in our program. Not not that we have a secret sauce, but we have a strategy. And, and we start people slow. 
um, we start them walking and running and, and we ease them up to that first 5k. She, she mentioned that she did, um, a 5k this summer and was hooked. If you, if you do it the right way, it is rewarding. It is enjoyable. But mm. like I said, most people kind of like I did the first run I did, you got and you're like, well, I'm going to start running. You got and run four miles. Everything hurts. Um, it's terrible. You never want to do that again, and and you lay it down. And yeah. if, if you do it the right way, it is rewarding, and you can do it at any point in your life. You know, we, we've got people in their 80s doing this yep. program now, and they're just killing it. I mean, I look at some of the names, and I'm, I'm not going to say any of the names right now, but we all know the names in Run Club, and we're just like, you know, I hope that I'm doing that as good as they are when I'm their age. Amen. And, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, give give yourself some credit. When you when we talk about all this, one of the reasons why we talk about all this is because if you'll just look around you, you will see other people. So if mm-hmm. she mentioned being post-childbirth and, and how, I don't know, there are some, there's some women who think at that point in time, they have to focus everything they can on a, on a child and and it they do sure. i mean that's 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 a biblical thing to do uh but at some point in time you you got to do some things to keep yourself healthy and there's no reason why you can't do all the things sure. that you could do beforehand and uh there's so many out there who have done it so look to them give yourself some credit look to those folks who have done it before and go man if she can do it i surely can do it so don't don't especially the whole children thing don't, don't stop doing hard things right um she seems to be surprised that she can do that and she shouldn't be because she can sure trivia question from last week what is the most popular sport in the world now if you google this they're gonna tell you it's soccer <laughs> But I have a problem with that. I had deja vu when I read this. Did you? I think we've gone down this rabbit hole. Before. We have gone down this rabbit Probably hole. Probably more than once. Maybe But so. it's worth going down again. 100%. <laughs> uh, I say that's not true. Right. Because every soccer player I know spends a lot of time running. Sure. That makes them a runner. Right. And so you add that to all the other people who are runners. That's what they do is just run. Um, then the number obviously is bigger sure. than soccer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're talking about when they talk about soccer being the biggest sport. You run in all these different sports. You basketball. take boxing, yeah. basketball. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, the I don't know why the movie Vision Quest came to my mind. I remember that movie. You ever, did you ever see that? that? Movie. No. no, it's a uh, it's kind of a coming of age movie about a kid, a boy who is a wrestler and. He trains really. He gets real dedicated. Trains really hard. He's getting up at five o'clock in the morning before school and going out and running. And um, yeah, that's you mentioned in your notes, Rocky, and of course that's pretty epic. Rocky, you know, yeah, where that, he he would do the, the same. The most thing. famous part of that movie is not the boxing match. No, it's him it's running, him up, running the, up the stairs. That's right. Where's that at? at Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can still the, the Museum of Art, I think, there in Philadelphia. Yeah. You can still run up those stairs yeah. today, and and hold your hands above your head just like sure. he did. <laughs> so, running is an integral part of many many sports, and so I submit that running and or walking is the most popular sport. The evidence tells us that. And so, are you going to accept running? And soccer is acceptable answers. If somebody sent me soccer, I'll accept it as you'll just argue with them for a little answer, bit, but, but well, you'll still give them the gift certificate. Yes, yeah. I'll okay. say you win, but <laughs> <laughs> Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. All right, so we're back, and you know I, I've mentioned a few times on here that Holly and I were were downsizing and we're building a home right now, 
and uh, I've said when when I get that home done, I'm going to sign back up for something. I I haven't I haven't done a race um, for over a year now. I think the last race I did was the Silver Bell Sprint last Christmas, and uh, so I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do. You so know, you haven't signed up for one I, yet. I haven't signed. So. I said I'm I'm going to wait till I get in. You know, I've kind of had a this race in May that you could sign up for. It starts in Key Largo. That's too soon. That's <laughs> no, no. I've been talked into that kind of racing before, but so I've kind of been singular focus, and I've I've always known that I can be very single focused. You know, I I have my I have my upward running responsibilities I, I i love what i do here but everything outside of that has been just laser focused on getting the house done and i i knew how bad it was the other night because holly mentioned like i don't remember what it was she said she's like you know let's go out to eat at night or something i got we gotta get this house done it's like i can't do anything now until we get this house done but what i'm saying is we're probably a few weeks out from having it done we'll get moved in and I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do. Am I going to do a triathlon? Am I going to do some kind of running? Am I going to do some kind of walking? I'm trying to figure out what I want to sign up or do. I want to have a an endpoint. I've just been walking for yeah. for a few years now, and uh, so I don't know. You got any yeah, ideas? Yeah, you need to sign up for a triathlon because you know I, I haven't been around triathlon now for a couple of years. Because mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do a triathlon because I don't want to. I don't want to do the swimming portion of the the triathlon. So, if you if you sign up for a triathlon, it gives me an excuse to go watch a triathlon Get race back again. in that world a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, don't know, I can't decide. But I will sign up for something. Yeah, I, I'm 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 saying this to hold myself accountable. Because right. when I get moved in, get settled, I've got a. So if you're out there and you have any ideas, send them in. I, um, because I I kind of want to do something different. You know, something I've never done. Maybe that is a triathlon of some kind of degree. You can do the half marathon in the fall with a group. Right. That's yeah, we're going to talk about that do. here in just a minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. And um, if you got any ideas, let me know if, if you're doing something in your area. Um, yeah, I'm looking, looking for something later this year. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing I found. Matt Fitzgerald, you know Matt Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. He's written a ton of, of books. Uh, my favorite is How Bad Do You Want It? But he, he's written a bunch of running and triathlon books. And um, so he has started this running camp, and it's called Dream Run, Run Camp. It's in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is where he lives. Uh, and it looks like it's a camp that goes on all the time, all the time. like it never never closes down mm-hmm. and you can stay for up to 12 weeks and you stay in this what they call a dream house you have access to matt as a coach you have access to weight rooms and saunas and all this different running and recovery and exercise type uh stuff and um there's trails and there's actually strength coaches and and dietitians and I, I, it sounds like a great cool thing to do so i don't know now according to the website it says the cost is only 45 to 115 dollars a day now i find that hard to believe Mm -hmm. that's got to be just like maybe that's lodging i don't know and but there's got to be more cost Mm -hmm. than 45 to 115 dollars a day if if not there's going to be a long waiting list for sure but here's the other thing too they're even associated with the uh the hoka northern arizona elite team so you actually get to kind of hang out and run with some of the elite runners, and this isn't this this is purposefully designed not for the elite athlete. Mm-hmm. This is designed for anybody who wants to go. No matter what your fitness level is, you can go and and do this thing. So I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah. Would Would you do anything like that? I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I like that type of thing. Yeah. You know, getting together, doing something different. Yeah, you know, um, that's definitely different. But yeah, I think that'd it'd be, be funny. Yeah, to go as a group of four or five people and go yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. Well, our Facebook post was about a mother, and our story this week comes from a mother, and this is her story of running with her son. It's a good story. So this lady actually finished uh, the the marathon this week. So Hope Reagan, and she promises me she's going to write another story. So you'll hear from her again, hopefully soon. She wrote this story called Family Matters, Running Buddies. 
And she wrote this back in 2014. So this is a reprint, basically, from something she had written before. Mom, will you go running with me? These were the words I had been waiting to hear from my 16-year-old son, Luke. I had been asking him for some time if he wanted to go running with me, but his answer was always no. I've been running for almost a year now, and one thing I know for sure is that I enjoy running with a buddy any day over running by myself. When running with a buddy, you can talk and fellowship to take your mind off of actually running. Most importantly, you have someone else to help hold you accountable for reaching your goals. Of course, I said yes to Luke asking me to run. This was the day I had been waiting for. I could just see us running together, mom and son talking, laughing, and bonding. We got on our running gear and headed to the running path. Once at the path, Luke said, are you ready? Before I could even say yes, he was gone, leaving me eating his dust. This was not what I had envisioned. This was not what I had planned for. We were supposed to be running together and bonding. He should know I hate running by myself. We met back up at the high school football field where he wanted to work out with with me next. Oh, I knew where this was going. He would be leaving me in the dust again. To my surprise, we ran bleachers together, pulled the weight sled together, did lunges together, and even did some sprints together. We had a great workout together. Luke loves physical activity and enjoys some, someone either watching him or participating with him. Without Luke knowing it, this is how he likes to bond with others. After our workout, we lay in the middle of the football field. I lay there exhausted while he told me of all the athletic dreams he hoped to achieve. Now this was my kind of mother and son bonding time. That day was another day that I decided to seize the moment with my son. It mattered not that we didn't actually run together or the fact that he made me run bleachers. The point is, we were together doing something we both enjoyed. After our long talk, it was time to run back home. I'm sure you can guess that he beat me back home. (laughs) It's a great story. Yeah. I remember running with my son. Um, I know you run with yours, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is a lot of fun it is. to do. Um, yeah. And this is also, this story is a good, re- good. it's it's good to write your thoughts down, because I'm sure that she goes back, and I'm sure the reason why she sent this in was because, oh, I remember this. She probably yeah. found it and thought, this is pretty cool, and it would make a pretty good story. And um, so it's just something she wrote down years ago, and now uh, is kind of reminding herself. It's It's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's it's kind of I don't I don't know if when's the last time you ran with with one of your boys, but you know mine. Of course, they're way faster than me, and you know they've got their own teams now, and I don't coach any of them now, and so it's been a while. I was out walking a few weeks ago, and my oldest Lane come out and walked with me, uh. and it was uh it was pretty cool just to kind of it kind of was reminiscent or nostalgic or. I don't know what the right word is for it. But, I mean, when he walked up to me, I was like, okay, what do you want? Because, you know, you don't you don't ever come out and just walk with me. But, yeah, he just wanted to talk. And, I mean, it was really cool. It was yeah. – it was. Um, I don't know. I love this story. I love the questions and, and scripture verses she has here. I, I just – I love this story. So, I hope you did, a, you did a great job on this. Yeah. And we do love to share our experiences with others. You know, the, 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 I did the Mississippi River Marathon. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy in that race who – uh, I ran kind of behind him. I could see him in front of me for the whole first half of the race. And um, I kind of pulled up behind him, and then I pulled back when I, I went and I had to ate me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich while I was running and um, just trying some stuff for the 100-miler. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he pulled away a little bit, and we got to the halfway mark, and I passed him. Um, and then I went to the <laughs> – I went to the bathroom and got out and he was past me again and I caught him again and he and I went anyway we went back and forth just bottom line is he and I went we kind of hung out with each other the whole race well at the end of the race I tried to get him to come with me uh with 2k left to go I said come on let's go and um he just couldn't he Mm -hmm. just couldn't do it but he but he, he he tried a little bit and then couldn't. Anyway, we get to the finish line, and after I finished, I turn around and I look, and there was another guy who had caught him and beat him just before mm. the finish line, and my heart was broken because me and this guy 
we shared all we did was run together we didn't talk yeah we just ran together and it's like it's like we were you friends. create this bond yes. it's weird because as, as i was reading your notes here i was like there's not many other circumstances where you create a bond with somebody like that and y'all probably didn't say 10 words the whole time no we didn't but just that time together you, you start to learn his patterns he's learning your patterns and you i don't know you I think a, a running race is one of the only races you'll see people hugging at the finish line, but they don't know each other. Yeah, it's true. just like they, they kind of created a bond while they were running, and they're like, you know, thanks for pulling me and hugging each other. And it's I don't know that I don't I don't know of any other sport that's like that. No. Maybe there are, but yeah, you know. probably. Well, I went up to him afterwards, and the guy was pretty big. So I went up to him afterwards. The guy weighs two hundred and three pounds. Wow. That's pretty wow. fast. Pretty fast marathon for two and three pounds. Well, it turns out, he said, he said, it turns out I wish I could have stayed with you because my goal was to run 305 and I ran 304.56. Oh, wow. So it would have been right on his goal. I just, I did. I really felt like God was telling me to try to, try to pull him along. Yeah. And, um, but it, it, it is what it is. But we, we, I, I got a brand new friend. Yeah. And, so. well, I was going to say that's one of those that you won't, you won't ever forget that. I no. still remember the guy that, yeah. I helped out in that race with Scott Rigsby. Yeah. He made that infamous quote, you know, there's a guy here with no legs. What's my excuse? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty special in, in the short amount of time that it often is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Nehemiah 4.14 says, Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. She says, this was a verse I lived by when raising my kiddos. In this day and time, we have to fight for our kids and our family time. Satan wants our kids and wants to destroy the family unit. That is a mouthful, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. um, he does want our kids. Um, and, 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 and honestly, in this day and time, in some ways, we're giving them to them. Yeah. Um, not, not every parent. But, but a lot of parents don't even realize that they're doing that. Well, and it's and it's not anything they're doing on purpose. Right. Yeah. And so to all the to the young families out there, to the young parents or soon to be parents or want to be parents, gosh, I mean, this is probably some of the most this is probably one of the most wise verses that you can read in scripture because Yeah, I mean it's just the world is after our kids. There's no and the family, and the family time, and you know that's something I've really always put a focus on. But even here lately, you know, I, I was convicted when I read this. I talked about I'm single focused on getting this house done right now, and we've kind of slacked off some of our, you know, we we try to eat together three times a week or four times a week at the dinner table, and and that's and so I, I'm I'm going to leave this podcast and. Put that back at the top of the priority, you know, yeah. because it is that important. Um, yeah. Because if if somebody said it was it was Thomas Queen at our church, <clears throat> we were having a family Bible study. Oh, it's been months ago, and he made a comment that really stuck out to me. It, it wasn't about this verse, but it should have been about this verse. He said, "You always hear people out there, parents say that they don't want to indoctr- indoctrinate their kids." He said. Somebody's going to indoctrinate them. That's right. Indoctrinate. indoctrinate. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Somebody's going to indoctrinate them. Yep. You better. That's right. Um, and we do. We just we we. And, and I, I I'm not throwing stones because I've I've slipped into it before. But you're like you know we need to let them make their choices and we do. Sure. But we need to guide those choices. Yeah. We need to. I explained it to Lane one time. You know, as he was getting older, you know, I think he was 18 or 19 headed into college and i said lane i said you know you're you're driving the car now but i'm still here as the guardrails that's my job that's my charge that's what god charged me to do as a parent and i will always be guardrails you know until the day i die because that's what i'm supposed to do i'm ahead of you and i need to be teaching you the things that i'm learning and but society says you're, you know, and there are helicopter parents. I get that, but that term is used too loosely nowadays. Yeah. If, if you're trying to 
be a parent to your kids, you'll get labeled helicopter parent. Don't worry about what the label is. That's right. Shepherd your kids. Amen. Yeah, I was reading about the, the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a Georgia Tech guy. That's what piqued my interest about him. And I remember when he was at Georgia Tech. And he is a good Christian guy. Mm-hmm. He is. He started this organization that deals with a kind of a hybrid homeschool environment because he realizes you know, our kids need to be taught something different. He went back and did the commencement speech at Georgia Tech. And you know what his message was? Get married, have a family. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Social expectations. Yes. Yeah. And um, you, it struck me because that was a surprise. That shouldn't be a surprise. No. That should be the norm. No. But that surprised me, right? right? And that's so that's so bad. That should not be out of the ordinary. That should be what we all strive to do. Um, and we've all seen we've all seen the world kind of push back against that and say you you don't need that that's not good there's mm-hmm. there all sorts of things and we have got to stand up firm together um against those those people who, it, who talk that kind of thing down and before we get the emails i understand <clears throat> that there are people that are that god called just not to get married i get that yeah but make for darn sure that that's God calling you and not society telling you. That's right. Um, because we, I won't get on that soapbox, but um, <laughs> yeah, shepherd your kids. Yes. Nehemiah 6.3 says, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. She says, another verse I lived by when the kids were at home. Family dinner time was my priority. Eating around the table at 6.30 every night possible was extremely beneficial in being part of their daily lives i am doing a great thing and i'm not going to stop good for her yeah good for her right um yeah christians as christians we have got to band together um to to make sure that this never goes away Mm -hmm. being the priority right and, and, and a lot of times we, we don't want to be vocal, but I think we need to be vocal. Um, we have a – and I know 10 years ago, if you said there's a lot of anti-Christian talk out there, you would have said, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying that now. No. There, there is a lot of it, and uh, we can't give up. And it's that's what Nehemiah here, what he's doing is he's saying, what I'm doing – is is worth it and i'm not going to come down from doing what god has me doing to do something lesser mm-hmm. and that's what's happening when you give up your family time when you give up on your relationships when you give your kids over to things they shouldn't be doing you're coming down off the wall mm-hmm. and doing a lesser thing uh and and we have got to be careful not to do that well and we've got to talk we've got to stop taking shots inside the boat yeah yeah i yeah. I, I i read some of the you know super bowl was last night and of course i love the super bowl commercials even though some of them are just flat out out there these days but there's the the ones that say jesus gets us the, there there's been a lot of comments made about those commercials and I guess my point is we're never going to do it perfectly. Yeah. But is 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 that boat pointed in the right direction and rowing the right way? Is did that commercial Man, it some of those hit home. The one where they were washing each other's feet? Yeah. God, that just man that hit home. Yeah. You know, some people have had comments about the chosen. Yeah. And, <laughs> I made the comment yesterday in Sunday school. We got to talking about that. I said it's better than the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It's st- it, stop taking shots inside the boat. If if something needs correcting and is not biblical and is theologically wrong, then those things need to be dealt with face to face, not on social media. Yeah. Get off of social media. Quit taking shots across the boat because we're just feeding the enemy. We're we're giving them laying the content at their feet. Yeah. The, if there's something that needs to be dealt with, 
then we need to deal with it. But <clears throat> just because it's not, just because somebody's not doing something the way we would do it, don't take shots. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not when, and you mentioned the one you mentioned that, mm-hmm. that particular, there are a couple of things inside of that video that you could go, yeah, mm, mm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of some of the stuff. But it's that better they, than the commercial portray. that came on right after. That's exactly right. That's I mean, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I just. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. She says, now that the kids are grown and we all live in different states, I have pondered what my path is. I miss my kids, but he says in his presence, there I will find joy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for, for those who, uh, you right back to where we were just talking about. For, for those who think that everybody else needs to do things the way we think we need to do them, um, you know, what does God want you to do? Mm-hmm. What does God want you to do? And, and is God calling, whatever God's calling you to do, you, we need to be about that business. And we need to focus on that. And God is not calling us to call out other people. He may be calling us to take a stand, mm-hmm. but he's not calling us to, to just be ugly to other people. And he's sure. not calling us to do it on social media. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, this really, uh, kind of this, what you're saying really, and I think I've mentioned it on this video, uh, podcast before, but I had lunch with Mark Yoho. This has been years ago. He's the guy that helped us write chapters nine and ten. Uh, he's a street preacher, great evangelist. And uh, I was asking him one day we were having lunch, and I said, "Mark, why don't why don't you ever talk about?" And I, I brought up s- some topics. Yeah, you know, they, they were hot topics of the day. He said, "God didn't call me to talk about those things. He called me to preach the cross, and that's where I stay." He said, if I veer outside of that, I'm veering outside the will of God. Even though it might be good and needed, but until he calls me, I'm not going there. Yeah. And gosh, that just really, man, it was a slap in the face, but it was also a, a moment that was just like a light bulb went off. And, and he's so right. We, yeah. we need to stay where God calls us and yeah. work there. And mm-hmm. If we try to go searching for that street light that's not lit yet, what's out there? Darkness. Mm, yep. It don't right. matter what what our message might be, if it's if it's not inspired by God, it's the wrong message. Yeah. Amen. That's pretty good. You know, one of the things about this particular uh, verse that I really liked is it's talking about fullness of joy. Mm. I never really thought about it before, but you know. The difference between happiness and joy, you can be a little happy. Mm-hmm. You can't be a little joyful. Mm-hmm. You, you're either full of joy and yeah. overflowing and you feel it or you're not joyful. Sure. You know, So I think maybe that's why God calls us to be full of joy mm-hmm. because it's, it's happiness on steroids. Make a joyful noise. Yeah. Not make a happy noise. That's make right. Make a joyful noise. Yeah, yeah. Is that Psalms 100? Make a joyful noise too. Yeah, I love I love that thought. Here's a question: How can you work towards being more present with family and friends in a world with so many distractions and demands? Put the phone down. <laughs> yeah, that, that would help a lot, wouldn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, Does that drive you crazy when you're at a, a, a dinner table and people are on their phone? That drives me nuts. It does, but I've done it. Oh, we've all done at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm real. Sen- I mean, you know, that's that's one of my places that I'm pretty sensitive. Um, got a train headed our way, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the phone that's is as many good things as it can do. It's up there at the top of the list of distractions. It's it's opening the door to our our kids' eyes that of seeing things they shouldn't see. Uh, really, nobody should see. Yeah, um, and just lay lay the phone down. Yeah, I like the way she calls it. She she talks about distractions and demands. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. I think cause a lot of times we we kind of look at that as being the same thing, but those are two two completely different things, and both can take you away from your family and friends. 
but you know I, I don't know why i felt led to to talk about this um but for some people doing away with distractions and demands are easier than it is for other people um and you have introverts and you have extroverts we're opposites Mm -hmm. in that in that regard we're so much alike in so many ways but in that way we're complete opposites you're an extrovert i'm an introvert and you get energy from being around people Mm -hmm. if you're around people it just energizes you if i'm around people it just completely saps my energy. Hmm. I can go to an event where there's a bunch of people. When I go home, I need a nap mm-hmm. because it takes my energy away from me. Now, I'm not saying I don't want to be around people at all. That right. is not what I'm, please don't hear me saying that. But what I, what I am saying is that for some people, understand that doing away with distractions and demands are a lot harder than for others. For me to go out to a, you know, a party or something, it's harder than it is for you to do that. And it's a lot like, I think it's a lot like running or walking. The reason why I can do that, even though sometimes it almost even scares me a little bit is because I know it's good for me and I know I need to do it. And I know that I'm going to enjoy it afterwards or while I'm doing it. Right. But it's a little scary to go do it. It's a lot like running and walking. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that if we'll go out there and we'll run or we'll get in that walk, that we'll be glad we did it afterwards. But sometimes getting out there to do it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we need to do that. Um, and we need to look at all those other opportunities we have to do away with that distraction or that demand, whatever that thing is that's mm-hmm. getting in the way. Um, look at it the same way. Understand yeah. that if you can get by it, it will it will make you better, mm-hmm. right? Another question. Have you ever, have you fought the good fight? Are you fighting for your family, your beliefs, your country? Did you finish the race and keep the faith? Well, I don't think we're anywhere near finished yet. I was listening I to, not. yeah, yeah. I was listening to um, somebody talk about, um Oh, what, what's his name? George Mueller. Mm. You know who George Mueller mm-hmm. is? Yeah. So George Mueller is a guy who is just burdened I've by... i his autobiography. Yeah, have you really? It's incredible. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he was burdened by this need for, for kid, to take care of orphan kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, there were some things going on politically that, that created more orphan kids, and he felt compelled to bring in 30 orphan kids into his house, and he did. And then that led to him building this separate house and, and, and housing a bunch more. And then eventually it led to, to him uh, with 2,000 orphans mm-hmm. among five different locations and all these houses and doing all these things for them. He never, he wasn't a fundraiser. He didn't, he relied on God to provide mm-hmm. what he needed. And the stories about the way God was right on time and delivering some of the needs that he needed. Have you read the autobiography? I haven't, but I'm going to. I, I think I've got it over there somewhere. Yeah? Yeah. Well, um, but but here's what I want to say. Here's what I wanted to get to with, with George Mueller. After doing all that work and creating this incredible thing with all these orphanages, you would think a guy would go, Whew, man, I worked hard. At 70 years old, he'd be done, <laughs> right? Done. yeah. But at 72 years old, the man decides he's going to go travel around the world. In the 1800s, when traveling around the world wasn't so easy. Right. You know, Today, we can hop on a plane. It's not that big a deal. Back then, you're talking horse and buggy and, and you know, ships and trains and things like that. Um, he started this speaking tour at 72 years old hmm. to talk to people about what, what not only what he had done, but um, trying to get people to, to do similar things. Sure. We're never done. Mm-mm. We're just not ever done. Um, but we see people, particularly people like they lose a spouse or something, and um, or they retire, or and then they just lose interest in things. Yeah, and they think they're done. And um, we have to be careful with that. Um, I don't. I don't think I'll ever retire. You won't. I think I. I may have an encore career. Yeah. I may do something. Even though I love what I'm doing, I, I mean, I can see me and you sitting here when we're 95-year-old, cranky old men, you know, <laughs> broken down like you prayed earlier. We're not there yet, Dean. Um, but I can I can see that. Yeah. Because 
I love doing this. Yeah. I just, I love doing what I do. And, and I hope that God keeps me right here. But who knows? Who knows where God may have us in five years, 10 years, 15 yep. years? Who knows? Well, the bottom line for, for me, I think, is that God intends for us to be busy. Yeah. And if you're not I, busy bodies. Yes. There's a big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Um, yeah. If you're the type that thrives on things that aren't productive, um, I, you know, there are times to be that way for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's also um, God. God wants us doing things no sure. matter what our age is. Um, nobody. Yeah, and he, she talks about, you know, standing up for things here. You know, there you have the <laughs> the quote, you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I thought that was a Davy Crockett quote. quote. Apparently, it's not even close. It's an Aaron Tippin quote, Dean. Aaron <laughs> Tippin sang that in a country song pretty, back in the early 90s, and I'm pretty sure he's the one that came up with that. Pretty sure that it's wasn't a, the first one. It's a say. proverb. It's an Aaron Tippin proverb. <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Aaron Tippin. You have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Even though it's a country song, it's a great, it's a great message. That that it song is. is a great message. Do you know the song I'm talking about? I've, I don't know that I've ever heard it. I'm going to play it for you after this yeah. podcast. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. As Christians, we have to stand for what we believe in and what Absolutely. we know to be true. And we, we have a book that has all the answers in it yep. um, to tell us exactly where we need to stand and what we need to stand on and what we need to believe, what we believe. Sure. Um, and all we've got to do is read it and live it every day. And um, we, we can stay away from being swayed by all the nonsense that we see out in the world today. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of it. And a lot of it, unfortunately, is infiltrating the church. Mm-hmm. And we really need to be standing up when when those things come into our church we need to go nope nope not here we're right. not doing that here um i don't know i feel really convicted about that last question and this ag question actually hope did not submit a third question so i made one up so this is dean's question this is dean's question why should we work so hard on relationships when people are bound to let us down that's a pretty direct one right that's a hard question yeah yeah. But that's that's true, right? We're all human. Mm-hmm. We're all going to let each other down. You know, I'm going to let my wife down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, right. but I'm going to. And there's going to be a point. And, um, you know, uh, but but to me, it, it's where it's where our heart is. People mm-hmm. and people need those connections and people need we, we've got to be. uh even though I'm going to do and say things that are going to get it's going to be frustrating for for my wife, um, she knows how much I care, and she knows that that's not that's a mistake and it's a human thing, and and I think that's why we we have to we have to look past all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we know we're all sinner sinners, um, and I think this is a problem with our society today. When somebody says or does something wrong, we automatically ascribe some terrible thing to the reason they did that thing. And sometimes somebody just messed up. You know, somebody makes a comment, this is, and they do it in politics really bad. You make mm-hmm. one comment one time that you obviously didn't mean, right? particularly in the way that, they're, that somebody's portraying it. And, they, and that gets played 100,000 times. And we need to take people... It, what would the world look like if instead of saying to everybody we disagree with, you're doing that because you hate me or you're doing that because of who I am or you're doing that because I'm I believe this. What if instead of saying that, we said, you know, maybe they don't understand how I feel mm-hmm. or we looked at it as if uh, they probably regret having said that mm-hmm. or it, just something to say. To excuse that, and I don't, and I'm not saying that we should agree with, but just what if we thought the best of people instead of the worst of people? Yeah, wouldn't that make a big difference in the yeah. world? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always cringed when I hear people say, like, well, politicians. We'll just take them for example. Um, people say, well, they're just trying to ruin the country. I don't care which side you're on. I don't think that is the heart of most politicians right left center 
I don't care which side. They, they're doing what they think is actually good. Now, mm-hmm. can they be misguided? Yes. But saying that they're trying to ruin the country, that, that goes too far. The conversation ends right there. Yep. You, you never can find common ground. You know, it's it's like saying, I, I want to win somebody to Jesus, and the first thing you go up to them and, and say is, you're headed to hell. Yeah. <laughs> can that work? Absolutely. God can use that. But is is that the conventional wisdom of how to reach somebody for Christ? No. No. But we do that. We To that extreme, we do it in so many other areas. Yep. We just write people off. The Super Bowl ad that I was talking about, where they're just completely misguided. They're no, no, they're not. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, you know that show is just it's not biblical. It's they've taken too many liberties. <laughs> yep, the heart behind those people is right. I believe that. I don't know them, any of them personally. Yep, but I know their heart's right, and we just we just got to quit taking shots at people and. And we have to forgive people when somebody takes a shot at us sometimes too, right? Sure. The, the standard in the Bible is we have to forgive everybody every time for everything they have ever done against us. That's the standard. Period. That's what God did for us. Right. And if we're not doing that um, and we're holding things against people because of something they did or said, um, we we got some work to do. And the the problem with that always is who's the person suffering? Yeah. It's the person that won't forgive the person. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And and with the lost world, we have to understand they don't know any better. That's right. How how how, how do we expect them to act and love and treat people like Jesus when they don't know Jesus? Yep. Then it falls on us mm. to reach them. Right, you know, preach the gospel to all nations, make disciples. That's our charge. Yep. It's not on them. It's not on the lost world. It's on us. Right. And the only way we can do that <clears throat> is to start with love. Amen. And that's, that's so it. convicting to hear myself say it because I don't do that so many times. But and back to the point when 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 you don't do it. You have to a you have to forgive yourself sure. for it, but then um, if somebody's doing that to you, then we have right. to forgive them as well. Absolutely, it is so hard to stay on track as a runner or a walker. The world also makes it difficult to stay on track spiritually too. For pennies a day, Upward Sports Run for God Run Club can make both of these journeys more fun and much easier. Join the Run for God Run Club and get access to training plans, videos, and the best group of active Christians you will find anywhere. Go to runforgod.com and sign up today. All right, so we're back, Dean, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, and we, 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 we mentioned it last week. But we've got some pretty exciting things coming up. Uh, we're we're going to try something new this year. You know, we've always done the couch to marathon starting in January. And we've already talked about we're going to start a couch to 5K, a 5K challenge, nationwide challenge, starting at the beginning of every month. The first Monday of every month, we have a new online couch to marathon. I mean, sorry, couch to 5K, 5K challenge starting at the first Monday of every month. So, if if you you know you can do any of these challenges self-paced but if you want to do it with the people you can start the first monday of every month you can start a 5k challenge running or walking well in april april 1st not only are we starting the 5k challenge which will be the patriotic edition because it will land you uh at a july 4th race in your community but we're also going to start a couch to half marathon challenge, uh, which will end the first week in January. So there's, you know, typically there's a lot of half marathons, you know, that time of yep. year. If there's if there's not one in your area, you can find one or you can just go out and do it in your community. Uh, but we're going to do a couch to half marathon challenge starting on April 1st as well. So this is not an April Fool's thing. 
It's just they both happen to start on April 1st. So uh, in, in the first Monday in March, uh, the coming up, we're going to start a 5K challenge. The first Monday in uh, April, which is April 1st, we're going to start a 5K challenge. But we're also starting the Couch to Half Marathon. So maybe you didn't want to sign up for the full money in January and do the Couch to Marathon. Maybe you think, you know, I would like to do a half marathon. A lot of people love doing half. My wife. She loved doing the half marathon. She yeah. didn't really care about the, the longer distances. If that's you, join us on April 1st. You got to be a Run Club member. So make sure you go in and get signed up uh, to be a Run Club member, get all the perks and all the new things that we're coming out with. Uh, but sign up for the Couch to Half Marathon Challenge. That will not be on the website to sign up for until the first week in march but we're just kind of letting everybody know that it's it's coming uh so mark your calendars for april the first if you want to sign up for the couch to half marathon challenge that's awesome well you remember barefoot running when it was all the craze i do uh, i had to argue with some of our coaches out there that they were trying to teach this on shoe night yeah and i yeah. was like no 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 yeah that, don't do not that. a good idea yeah well, I haven't seen that many people over the last few years, but I did see somebody in, at the marathon who ran the whole marathon in sandals. And so I thought, wow. there's still some people out there doing the whole minimalist thing. Um, and then last week, we had the trivia question about Abeba Bakila. And, you know, we, we it started me thinking, I wonder how, many, how much of this is actually going on. Well, it turns out there's several companies that are still making these minimalist shoes these days. Um, so apparently it's still a fairly big thing. Um, I remember trying it back when when it was popular, mm. and I bought some of those five fingers, and um, they were actually a, a size too big. Vibrams, I, is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. They were a size too big. I bought them on a clearance, and that's why <laughs> I bought them too big. Um, so, But I thought, you know, I, wanna, I just wanted to try them. Yeah. Um, so so I tried it, and it's it's not as crazy as some people think. Uh, now I'm not advocating for it, just like we just said, but I think barefoot running can be good for us. And this is why I bring it up, mm -hmm. because a little bit of barefoot running can teach us how to run with better form. Sure. Our, our bodies are made, and our foot is made so that when you land on your full foot, your body's your your toes splay out, and it absorbs the shock. Sure. The problem is today's running shoes; they have a big, thick heel and so we we have a tendency to land on that heel really hard and that's really bad on our bodies and it's just improper running form it's, and, it, and it, it leads to injuries mm -hmm. and so getting out there every once in a while going to a local high school track you know that's kind of they got that rubberized surface that's relatively soft but still firm and running barefoot will show you what you're doing wrong in your form a lot of times mm -hmm. um, so it's a it's a really good thing to do the other thing that I, I like to do is I always like to take my shoes off and do strides on the infield on the mm -hmm. grass um, barefoot because running barefoot strengthens your feet sure and it's good for you um, so I'm not telling you to go out there and run a pair of min or buy a pair of minimalist shoes and go out there and run five miles that's not what I'm saying please don't do that don't do that yeah <laughs> Um, but it, it, use it as a di diagnostic tool, mm -hmm. um, or and or, you know, if you want to try it, go do it a little a little bit. Sure. Go do a little bit of it, and um, run one lap around a track barefoot, and then see how that feels. And if you like it, then maybe mm -hmm. you go back and a couple of days later you you run a little bit more, but sure. a little bit more. Make yeah. sure it's a little at a time. Um, bottom line is just be be careful with it, but. Um, I, I just didn't realize there were still folks out there doing it, and yeah, they are. So yeah. I might, I just might buy me a pair of the sandals. <laughs> I just want to see what it feels like to run in sandals. Yeah. You know me, I want to try everything. So I ran in a pair of, uh, remember the Sanooks? I think you had some, didn't you? Yeah. I, ran, yeah. I remember I ran four miles. I ran the college loop because I forgot my running shoes and I had on a pair of Snooks. And, you know, I'm kind of hard headed. I'm going to do this if, if I drove all the way down here to do it, it's like punishing yourself. For oh man, it was shoot. terrible. Yeah. I will never try that again. It yeah. was, it was. Of course, it's exactly what you just said. I didn't go out and run a hundred yards. I ran right. four miles, <laughs> and I I hurt for a week. I'm sure. That. Uh, yeah, those are not great. All right. Uh, 
Well, it is time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, would you run different, differently if you knew a coach was watching every step? This one's called, Did the Coach See That? As I ran the last couple of miles of the Mississippi River Marathon, I passed a few of our Run for God Half Marathon participants. The two races followed the same race course with the marathon starting further out. It was a great mental boost over those grueling final miles of a marathon to see and hear people I know cheering me on. After the race was over, one of the Run for God folks said, it was my job to make sure that we were not walking when the coach approached us before the end of the race. I kept looking behind me, but he snuck up on us while we were walking anyway. (laughs) They were in a group, mostly running, but they took a walking break and I ran up on them when they did. Of course, in this example, they were only joking about the when the lookout said I had one job, (laughs) but it made me think when I was a kid, there were things I would not do when my parents were watching me. Why? Because I knew they were things I shouldn't be doing. How would my behavior had changed if they were always watching me? I remember when I was in high school when Randy Ashley and I ran together for a six-miler one day. Randy was a freshman, and I was a sophomore. We had, we had a great run, but when we returned to school, we found out that nobody else completed the run. They all decided it was the one day they would hide in the woods to avoid what doing what the coach had asked us to do. Randy and I were the only ones who ran. I remember thinking, coach is not going to be happy with them. <laughs> but a second thought came to me almost as quickly. Why would, why would you not want to do what it takes to be your best? The coach wanted us to run six miles for a reason. So here's the question. Would you change what you're doing if you knew the coach was watching? Would it be easier to get out the door for that six-miler if the coach was living in your house? If so, why would you not choose to do it anyway? In the words of my mother, who seems smarter every day in my mind when I look back, you're only hurting yourself. You don't need anyone but yourself to motivate you. If it helps to think about the the coach watching every move, I suppose there's nothing wrong with that, but you should want to do it because it will make you better or else the coach would not have asked you to do it. Today, Randy and I have both coached national championship caliber athletes. It seems to me the success we've had in running has a direct correlation to the past. Now, when it comes to our faith, our coach is a little different. He does see all that we do. That can be pretty motivating to stay away from the things we should not do. But there's a more profound reason to do God's will. Not because we're afraid he will catch us if we don't, but because we want to please him. And if we take that a little further, being obedient to God will reap big benefits. We have all read the story of Job. He remained faithful to God when it was terribly difficult to do so. And what happened? He finished life with a double portion of everything. Job did what he did not because God was watching him, but because he knew the majesty of God and wanted to please him. Are you one of those people who say, if I only had someone to push me a little harder, I could do so much more? If so, get motivated by telling yourself that there's always honor and reward in doing what is right and good. Run because it will make you a better person physically and mentally. Do God's will because he is worthy. And when we do his will, he has a smile on his face. Now, don't you want to be the one responsible for that smile? (laughs) It's a great story, Dean. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Randy and I going out. I remember the. I've heard you talk about that. I could. I could tell you. I could take you on that same course today. I remember where we where we ran, and um, you know, I guess a lot of people probably would be mad that you know, and they were they the the folks on the team were picking on us like ah, ha, ha, you guys went out and ran and we yeah. all just it really didn't it didn't register to me that sure. way at the time like like i wasn't i didn't feel bad about it i was like well i, I wanted to run <laughs> i worked on a golf course when i was in high school and there was this place where you could i worked in the maintenance so we like mowed and did all the weed eating and all that ground stuff and uh there was a section that our boss, we called him Bookums because he would book you if he saw you not working, but he would ride around where there was this one place that you could back your golf cart up in like the trees. 
and almost every day I'd see a golf cart backed up in there and, and two guys asleep. You know, we were teenagers going in at five o'clock. So if they'd been on all night or whatever, um, but yeah, I never, I never did that because I, I don't know. I just, I wanted, I, I had a sense of pride yeah. for what I was doing. I liked doing a good job. Uh, now that's not to say that I didn't do it in other areas. Cause my, like I said, my young childhood was, I was all about, you know, looking over my shoulder all the time. Cause chances are I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing <laughs> when I was a little kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a great story. Yeah, I think I, you know I call this negative motivation yeah. when you're worried about what the co- what the coach is going to see or what the, the the head greenskeeper whoever is going to is going to see. Um, but that kind of motivation, you can get motivated by that, but it only sure. lasts so long, and it'll only motivate you so far. Um, you know, sooner or later, you're going to decide it's not worth it, um, and, and it's it's because if you're doing things you don't because you don't want to face negative consequences, eventually you're going to give up on, on trying to avoid those. When I was reading your story, I thought about Cleveland Highway. You know, we've, we've talked yeah. about Cleveland Highway yeah. being the great motivator. It's our local highway here that we all run on a lot, and there's a sidewalk, and chances are I know 50% of the people driving up and down the road. And so – you know, when I was running a lot, I wouldn't. Now that I'm walking, I don't care. I walk. Everybody knows I walk. But when I was running, I there's no. I wasn't gonna be caught dead walking on Cleveland Highway because somebody might see me. Yeah. But the problem is, at some point, you have to turn on Old Prater's Mill Road. Yep. And if if the cars are the only thing motivating you on Cleveland Highway, then there's nothing motivating you when you turn off onto Old Prater's Mill Road, That's which right. nobody drives on. That's right. And so. I don't know how many people that I've seen, like, you know, with cross country, all the all the people that we've ran with through the years, they, I mean, they kill it on Cleveland Highway. They make a right turn going back to the church property, and as soon as they get out of sight of that highway, yep. they start walking. Yep. And uh, so you're right. I mean, negative motivation can work, but what is, what is going to happen when that motivation is not there? Yeah. It's got to come from inside. Yep. So instead of instead of thinking I have to do this because the coach is watching or because somebody may drive by or whatever, think this is going to make me better. Sure. And and th- you know that's a better motivator. Not only is it a better motivator from a positive because it's a positive motivator, but there's a chemical benefit sure. to positive motivation that you don't get with negative motivation. And honestly, sometimes the motivation is just not there, and you have to resort to Cleveland Highway or an out and back or whatever it is, and that's okay. Yeah. But don't let that be your go-to. That's right. It doesn't need to be your go-to. Yep, yep, yep. That's true. There is no better way to start the day than in the Word. Our Bible in a Year Challenge is a great way to start the day in the Word as I read through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. I also share running and walking tips each day as well as encouraging quotes. Choose the self-paced challenge so that you can go at your pace. You must be a Run Club member for access to this exciting challenge. So, if you're not a member, sign up today and get started. If you are a member, what are you waiting for? All right, every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. (laughs) How about this one? It can help you with appointments. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, let's say you take your car to get the brakes done, as I did last week. Um, and, it, and it's going to take them a couple of hours to do it. Well, maybe you have some work to do or whatever, but it's also maybe a good time to catch up and go do a run. Um, so go go for a run, a walk, especially if you're a walker. That's easy to do. Just go out the door and, and walk. Or if you got wherever. a kid's ball game, you know, six miles away from your house. Yeah. Then run Think the, about not driving. That's Just right. go run. Yeah. Now, obviously, somebody needs to drive the kid, but you know, you know what I'm saying. We've <laughs> ran to right. many ball games through the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a that's a great way to get a get a workout in because you know you're going to take some time to get there, and then it's like you cut out that wasted time of travel. Well, but it's I don't know. There's some I don't know if you're like me in this sense that when when you run there, it's almost like you can enjoy it better. 
like you've accomplished something getting yeah. there and, and it's time to rest now it's yeah. time to do nothing and and just focus on the ball game i don't know i don't yeah. know if anybody else is like that but i like it so use appointments as an excuse to go for a run sure trivia question for this week this one's a really really simple one well the the question's simple the answer is not necessarily as simple um and i'm not asking for somebody's individual in this so the question is what is your vo2 max i'm not asking what your vo2 max is what is that measurement what is that measurement what does it mean your vo2 max because we hear that all the time in running right and people are obsessed over their vo2 max so what is so if they send in 60 you're not going to accept that i'm not going to accept that answer (laughs) although 60 would be impressive yeah so And you can send that to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that correctly, then you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. Our motivational thought of the week comes from Carl. No, it comes from Ariana Huffington. (laughs) She said, we need to accept that we won't always make the right decisions, that we'll screw up royally sometimes. Understanding that failure is not the opposite of success it's part of the success. Mm. I like that because we don't. We're not always going to do things perfectly. Right. Um, the only and the only way that you avoid doing things wrong sometimes is if you just don't do things, right. and that's not a good option. No. So um, there's a little bit of failure in everybody's story. Um, certainly the success stories. You know the old Edison thing. He. When Edison said he discovered ten thousand ways not to make a yeah. light bulb, <laughs> yeah, you know it's that's the way to look at he it. He didn't fail ten thousand times. That's right. That's right. So that's the that's the proper way to look at it. All right. Well, if you haven't joined Run Club yet, you need to do that. You also need to to rate and review our podcast uh, because that will help us get noticed by more people and grow Run Club. And more people need to hear what we're talking about here. Uh, because we are trying to share Jesus and running, um, and and uh, we need more more people need Jesus than running. But um, some people need a little of both. Right. <laughs> so so make sure you're sharing. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.